What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to From Downtown Podcast. I'm your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we are continuing the What's Next series with the Charlotte Hornets. This roster has an interesting mix of veteran experience as well as young up-and-coming players on their roster. Will their squad finally have what it takes to make it into the playoff this year? Find out my thoughts on the Hornets and more coming up right now. So the Charlotte Hornets, they're a team that I feel like a lot of people were kind of surprised by last year with their overall record. Last year, they finished with a 43-39 and record, which was 10th in the NBA Eastern Conference. Now, that's, it's not saying like they were 5th or something crazy, but it was a 10-game improvement from the year prior, right? And they lost in the Eastern Conference play-in round, the 9 versus 10 seed game, to the Atlanta Hawks, which... For all things being considered, the Atlanta Hawks should have been shouldn't have even been in the play-in round. I think we look back to the year prior when they were in the conference finals. You only saw them rising in the standings, not being demoted into the play-in round. Like that was crazy. But we already went over the Atlanta Hawks. We don't got to get into that this time. But yeah, the East is continually improving and getting deeper year in and year out. Like legitimately, this year we can have like the top like maybe like eight teams like they're like legit threats to at least make it to the second round and like that's not even exaggerating like that's how deep the east has become and when you look at this charlotte hornets team last season they had they averaged rather 115.3 points per game which is fourth in the nba this team could put up buckets in a hurry like there's no doubt about that opponents points per game though that's where the problem lies on defensive end, they gave up an average of 114.9 points per game, which was 25th out of the entire NBA. So it makes sense that this team would finish above 500, right? They could put up points, but they couldn't stop anybody. But they were putting up points at such a high rate that when it came down to it, they were able to probably squeeze out a lot of wins down the stretch just because of their potent offense. For such a young team, I, I might add, like this team was extremely young. I think they might have even gotten younger this year once we get into the roster and whatnot. They do have some veterans, but at the end of the day, when you have so many young guys on the team, especially when your star player, LaMelo Ball, is such a young, like, well, he's 21, I think, right now, just just turned legal <laughs> to be able to drink. Um, like that's, a, that's an interesting mix that Charlotte has going on there. Offensive rating, 114.1, which is ninth out of 30 in the NBA. You got another top 10 stat for offense. And defensive rating, another top in, in the 20, uh, 20s to the 30s, 113.7 and 23rd in the NBA. And the net rating was 0.4, 16th, so right around the middle of the pack. This team, man, offensively, like I said, this team was way better than I think people realized. You had LaMelo Ball as the orchestrator, but the ball never really sticked, and I think that's what 
made this team so special offensively. For one, like I mentioned before, you have so many young guys. They were getting fast break opportunities all the time, despite their defense not being up to snuff. But once they got that rebound, man, these guys were out. They were running the breaks. They were filling the lanes, whether it be um, like Terry Rozier spotting up for three or Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges when he was on the team. We'll get into that whole situation later. But Miles Bridges filling the lane for LaMelo to just come down straight down the middle, throw a no-look dime, showtime. LaMelo can do all these different things with the ball on the offensive end as a facilitator. That really makes this team exciting and fun to watch. This team averaged or was six. They were sixth in pace at about 100. Six out of 30. So, again, they got those opportunities, and they were moving the ball. Their offense consists a lot of um, dribble handoffs with their big men. Usually in that starting lineup, it will be Miles Mason Plumley. Excuse me. Mason Plumley. At the top of the key, doing handoffs with either LaMelo or Terry Rozier. And then just working out the pick and roll from there. And you got guys like Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, who could spot up for three. Or, in the case of Miles Bridges, more so than Washington. Although Washington has the ability sometimes to create on his own. Um, just go downhill. And Miles Bridges has the ability to get to the rim. Athletic super freak who could finish at the rim. Explosive dunks. All that stuff. He also has some dribble moves as well. Get to mid-range pull-up. These guys have offensive potential. They have game. There's no doubt about that. Six players on this team average double digits points, which I had no idea until I was researching. But like a lot of these guys are like legitimate scores. In fact, LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, and Terry Rozier scored 19-plus points per game. With two of those guys... Averaging over 20. Like, that's that's something that you don't see often with NBA teams, especially with a team so young. So young. Um, you really don't see teams with so much scoring potential like this. They had a lot of dudes who could score. But as we mentioned before, their struggles were on the defensive end. Now, usually when you have younger teams, they always can get – uh, the, the defensive liabilities, for lack of a better term, right? Even though you have guys like um, McDaniels, Jalen McDaniels, who's a long wing. I think he's, what, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, six, around that range. He's 24. He didn't play as many games as maybe could have or should have. But you have guys like Jalen McDaniels, Kelly Oubre, who's not one of those young guys. Kelly Oubre's been in the league for a while. You got Cody Martin, who's been in the league for a while, right? Um just going down the roster, Montez Harrell, he's been in the league for a while. He was a spark plug guy on that team. LaMelo Ball, we know he's young. He has defensive tools. He has the measurables to fill out, but that defense isn't really there for him. Although it, it can improve for sure. I'm sure it will. Scotty Lewis, another young guy, but loads of potential with him. I, I love Scotty Lewis back when he was in high school back in Jersey. Um, and then he went to Florida. I, th- I think he still has potential to be a great NBA player. He just has to find that right fit with the team and get the opportunities. But even when you look at guys like JT Thor, who's still on the roster this year, but last year, another long athletic wing. He's more of a four than a three, but we look at it. You have guys that should have the ability to slide the feet, man. They got the length. They have the size. They shouldn't be getting scored on the way that they were. Maybe that's a part the coach's fault. 
maybe it's an effort thing for these guys. We know they don't lack effort or intensity on offensive end. We know that for damn sure. You guys are going to get their numbers run up and down the court. Even for the older guys, like Hayward is, if I'm not mistaken, coming into this season, the oldest guy on the roster. We've had a few other older guys on the team, Ish Smith, Isaiah Thomas. But those guys aren't defensive guys whatsoever. We don't associate defense with Isaiah Thomas, even though. But he was on the Celtics. We loved him. That that run that he had, that MVP campaign year, always will respect Isaiah Thomas. But defensively, they're not on that level. Hayward, he, he's been serviceable as a defender, right? He's been average over his career. Of course, the injuries and whatnot, he's been limited in games. He played 49 games this past season. But as the vet that has had the most playoff experience on this roster and someone who should be able to lead the pack, I think, in a lot of ways, defensively, he wasn't doing that. And to be fair, he's a sixth man, but I think it starts in the locker room. That presence that you have, he's an all-star. He's respected around the league. I'm sure he's respected in the locker room. That has a lot to do with him I'm putting on in terms of defense and the effort that the young guys have because this team is mainly constituted of young guys, and I'll get into the roster in one second for this coming year. But I just want to shout out Eric Collins, Eric Collins, the Hornet commentator. I have been watching basketball for quite a long time. And, of course, you have, like, the net, like the ESPN commentators, TNT uh, so many different commentators, but I think just in terms of like the locals, the, the the local television commentators, Eric Collins, man, stands out. This dude is a highlight unto himself, and there's so many different calls that he has made. He's just so excited, like he just sounds like a fan just got on the microphone. You're like, oh my god, like this <laughs> is stupid little things, but it's hilarious at the same time. You, you can't ask for anybody better. Eric Collins, man, he's he's a member of the Charlotte Hornets. I don't care if he has jersey on or not. He's a member of the of the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Now, getting into the roster for this year, I'm going to go down the list. Nick Richards, Nick Richards, seven-footer out of Kentucky, second year in the league, um, a big man. Um, this, this roster has actually been kind of like struggling at that big position. I know you have Mason Plumlee. At center at 6'11". He's been in the league for quite a while. He's serviceable and more of a backup big, in my opinion, than an actual starter, especially when you got to go up against some of the more imposing big men in the Eastern Conference, like a Joel Embiid or Giannis Antetokounmpo. But he'll get the job done. I definitely think that an upgrade will be needed. But at the same time, this team is so young, you have to realize like, we, we got, they got time to grow. They have a lot of young guys. 15 players on the current roster hasn't played more than three years in the league. That has a lot to do with the poor defense in the past, and obviously it looks like that trend will continue. But after Nick Richards, we have one ball brother, not not LaMelo, Leandro Ball. He's with the team right now. We'll see how, how far he gets, whether it's just a training camp deal or whatever, or if he's actually going to play on the roster in meaningful games. But... You know, just a shooter, that's really his main role. He, he can pass a little bit, not like the, to the level Lonzo or LaMelo can, but he's, he's a guy that could put the ball in the basket. And I, I'm rooting for him, man. Everybody wants to see the Ball Brothers, all three in the NBA. So just hope that he gets the opportunity to shine. Dennis Smith Jr., 
he's a guy that I had, like, I was high on when he first came into the league. Dennis Smith Jr., I thought he was going to be a star in the making. Obviously, it didn't work out. He, he bounced around the league a little bit in Dallas, and then he played with the Knicks a little bit. But uh, coming into Charlotte, he'll get some opportunities off the bench. How much, I'm not too sure, but he'll be in that rotation as just a guy who can get buckets, um, facilitate um, times. His shot needs to improve. That's always been one of the biggest impediments to his game, but I think he'll be a good fit for this team. And the timeline still works. It's only going to be his sixth year in the NBA, or fifth, fifth or sixth, one of those. Yeah, he's a good time. Um, then we have some rookies here. Jalen Crutcher out of Dayton. He played with Obi Toppin. Jalen Crutcher definitely going to be a spark plug guy. How much he plays on this roster, I'm not sure. He'll probably play with the, the G League affiliate. But a guy that can score. Anthony DeRuji, who played with Florida. A, a wing that we all know, Hornets. They seem to like their long wings. Another guy who can crash the boards, um, finish. Nothing too crazy with him. Jalen Sims, another guard. A little bit taller than average guard, about 6'6". From UNC Wilmington. If I'm not mistaken, that's um, CAA. Um, Just another guy who's probably going to be on the bench most time, if not G League affiliate. Nothing too much to say about him. Same thing with Isaiah Whaley out of UConn. You guys aren't getting too much run. Now, Cody Martin, third-year guy. I thought he would win the league for way longer than three going on four years. That's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, Cody Martin, Caleb Martin, you guys know them. Um, he's a guy that's going to get a lot of minutes, maybe signs a starting lineup some nights, but most times coming off the bench. You guys can get hot from three every once in a while, three and D guy. I think he's going to have a pretty big role in this team, considering how many guys with little experience. He's one of the more experienced guys on this roster, believe it or not. Then we go to Bryce McGowan, who, if you guys haven't seen my initial video on Summer League, I'm a big Bryce McGowan's fan. He's a guy that fits perfectly into this system. I think that he's going to get the ability to score in bunches, Similar to how Terry Rozier kind of is at this current moment, just as a guy that, well, I guess Terry Rozier starting this case, but McGowan's come off the bench. He'll be perfect next to a guy like LaMelo Ball who loves to facilitate. I can just imagine it now. Bryce McGowan's running the, running the lanes with him on the wings, and he can get the ball, catch and shoot, one dribble pull up. He's athletic, athletic enough to get to the rim and finish, get fouled, go to the free throw line. He's on a two-way contract right now. I definitely think that if he gets the opportunities in the minutes, he can be a mainstay in Charlotte because he can fill it up. And one thing that he can do over a guy like a Terry Rozier, he's 6'7". He has the ability to defend the 1, 2, possibly even the 3. If he puts on more size, he's only a buck eighty right now. But if he puts on size, man, puts on the weight, he could be a mainstay in Charlotte and a guy that can just contribute as a sixth man throughout the NBA. Next up, Mark Williams out of Duke. I've got the opportunity to see Mark Williams live and direct when he came to Syracuse last year. And I just have always loved Mark Williams' game. I'm surprised he got drafted at the number he did. I think it was 13 or 14. 
I granted this NBA draft. You know, you knew the top three, top five. After that, was a little bit of a mystery. But Mark Williams has a lot of potential as a he's a double double guy right off the gate. I think it's not damn near close to it. Maybe eight and eight, a block or two a game. Like he just has an incredible wingspan, which is safe to say about a lot of big men in the NBA. But when you really see him in person, like seven one. The standing near him, like God damn, like you're you're a huge human. That sounded weird, but <laughs> he's a seven one, two forty pounds in the wingspan, and he's not a stiff either at that height or size. He's a guy that can move. He's mobile. He has a little fifteen footer. He's been adding to his game. I love to see what it looks like now, and the free throws. He he was able to hit them at a decent rate in college. All in all, I think that Mark Williams he could be that missing piece. For this Charlotte team, what I was talking about earlier with the center's position, if he plays good, he could easily take the starting lineup. Because although Mason Plumlee is pretty athletic, Mark Williams, he's a different animal, especially with that wingspan, that catch radius for alley-oops. He'll be able to thrive, I think, in this fast-paced Charlotte Hornets offense. So, Mark Williams, looking for a big year from you. Next, P.J. Washington out of Kentucky, third-year guy. Um, he's a guy that, although he's a power forty six seven two thirty, he can hold his own in the post. The NBA is getting more and more positionless, so that that lack in height won't really matter too much. Even though he's more of a traditional three than a four, still a guy that can get you about twelve or so points per game. He'll get a lot of open looks from three corner at the wings, whatnot. Has little off the dribble game as well, and can rebound for his size in the. <clears throat> Excuse me. At his size, he has a lot of versatility defensively as well. I think he can improve. Yeah, a guy that everybody in Charlotte, by all accounts, likes being there. I think he has a lot of good chemistry, especially with the younger players on the team like LaMelo. So I think he's a mainstay in Charlotte for sure. And I think he'll be in that starting lineup without a doubt. Another player in the starting lineup, Terry Rozier. Former Boston Celtic and the dude that he was a spark plug guy and now he's going to get the starting role. I think he's looking to average another 18 points per game. He's just a scorer, pure scorer of the basketball. And luckily, LaMelo Ball is so tall. We'll get to him later in the video or in the episode, rather. But Terry Rozier, man, at 6'1", he's not the defensive beast or... or defensive stopper that you would want at a two-guard spot, but he can sure as hell fill it up. He can go off for 25 points any given night, and especially with LaMelo Ball and the way he can pass the ball and facilitate, and the way that the Hornets' offense moves in general, a lot of movement going on, and he'll be able to get those opportunities to get second-hand scoring opportunities off of offensive rebound, kick out for the three. I think that he's going to have a big scoring year once more. Kelly Obrey Jr. out of Kansas, seven-year guy, one of the veterans on this team. I think what what you've seen from him is what you're going to continue to get, maybe a little bit better shooting percentage from three, but, you know, a guy that some might see as a fan favorite. Athletic, he still has all the tools um, to be a good defender in the league, a guy that can score every now and again, maybe eight to ten points a night, get some rebounds, play good defense. 3 and D guy, that's what we're looking at with him. JT Thor out of Auburn, 6'10", 205. 
he looks kind of lean. Maybe put on a few more pounds, but JT Thor, a lot of potential. He's one of those guys that are like, okay, Kevin Durant maybe. Look in terms of his height, size, his build, lefty stroke, unlike Kevin Durant. But he can definitely um, shoot at times. At least look like that in Auburn. Um, definitely a project player for sure. But at the end of the day, Charlotte has time. They have time, and if he develops the right way, who knows? He could, he could be not a Kevin Durant. I'll never say that. But a guy that can put up points, <laughs> simple as that, put up points, play good defense. I don't think the ceiling is as high as Kevin Durant, even a guy like a Brandon Ingram. But who knows? We'll give him time to develop. Kai Jones, 6'11", bohemian from Texas. Uh, I think that Kai Jones, again, another big that they can develop over in Charlotte. Nothing more to say about him. He's athletic. He'll get opportunities as well. James Booknight, a guy that I really liked um, coming out of the draft out of UConn, 6'5", shooting guard. He kind of is in the same role of a, of a Jamal Crawford in terms of he's a guy that's going to come off the bench and just score. Straight just score, making an assist or two because he's going to draw a lot of attention. But he's a scorer similar to Terry Rozier in terms of the roles on this team. James Booknight, he wasn't the most efficient player last year. In his rookie season, so I hope we can see a resurgence in the field goal percentage department shooting overall. But I have faith in him. I think he's going to have a bounce back here, be able to score. And he's going to be in the league for a long time, solely based off of his ability to put the ball in the basket from multiple different spots on the floor. He's a three-level scorer. He has a three-ball. He has an in-between game. He has a floater. Get inside the paint at 6'5". He has the ability to finish around length and size. There's, there's nothing really that's holding him back on the offensive end. Mason Plumley, the veteran big man, 6'11 out of Duke, nine years in the NBA. And you know what you're getting with him. Pick and roll guy. Um, he also has some hard screens, roll to the basket. Nothing more to say about him. He's solid, like I mentioned before, but I don't think he's the starting caliber big man in the league. He can still play, but starting caliber, I don't know. LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball is one of the most popular players in the league for the simple fact that he's been he's been advertised since what he was like 14 years old. Um I remember I was definitely a part of that that hype train with Lonzo Ball, um LaMelo Angelo, Chino Hills days, and then Lonzo eventually going to UCLA and LaMelo was soon to follow. We thought he was gonna go to college and he decided to go the pro route. Played at a few different places in Australia. Um, I think he came back to high school, played for Spire Academy. And then he got drafted to the Charlotte Hornets. This, this, this kid is special. LaMelo Ball is a special talent. Point guard at 6'7". Um, a little slight at 180, which I think his brother Lonzo, I think definitely. People say like, LaMelo's a little bit like 6'8", maybe. That's what I've heard. So we're going to go with 6-7 for now. But defensively, we want to see more from him because we see what his brother Lonzo does. And LaMelo's reportedly taller than Lamelo, sorry, Lamelo's reportedly taller than Lonzo and just has the same physical tools. But what we've seen from LaMelo Ball is special playmaking ability, similar to Lonzo. There's a feel for the game that those two players both have. I think LaMelo's 
the differentiator between the two is the offensive game. LaMelo is a showman, a showman in terms of being able to score. He has the jump moves. He has the flashy passes whatnot. He has the shot, which, although it's a little bit unorthodox with the way he kicks out his legs and whatnot or bends his knees, it's still a good-looking shot. It's a repeatable motion. He's really good percentage-wise, and I think that's going to translate well as the years go on. He also shown that pretty deep range. I've seen a lot of clips where he's just spotting up damn near a half court off like a, a missed re- or a tipped rebound or whatever, or a kick out. He gets it. He just knocks it down with confidence, especially at the top of the key. That's his spot. Melo Ball, I see him as a Jason Kidd plus. Now, Jason Kidd, obviously, for the first few, many years of his career, he didn't really have a jump shot and the defensive instincts. Lamelo, I mean, Lamelo gets steals every once in a while, but not the same thing. Sorry, I just hit my mic. Um, but I think the playmaking ability is something that you have to take, take, take into consideration. I cannot talk the Tuesday afternoon. You have to take that into consideration, as well as the fact, like, Jason Kidd was a bona fide leader. LaMelo Ball, granted he had his older brother Lonzo for many times, especially in his high school career, but once he played overseas, played at high school, he was the man. On this team, he is the man. He's the best player on the team by far. I think the only person that really has competition is Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, maybe, but LaMelo Ball is the face of this franchise without a doubt. He can be the way Jason Kidd was for those Nets teams. When he was in the MVP race with guys like Kobe, Tim Duncan, things of that nature, people like that, Lamelo Ball can easily be like that. He has the numbers. He scored at a high rate last year. He averaged 20 points per game, seven assists, almost eight assists, eight rebounds, one and a half steals per game. And this is going to be what, his third year in the league. All-star last year as well. It's one of the most popular guys, one of the most fun guys to watch in the league. I think definitely Charlotte must watch TVs just because of him because you never know what he's going to do with the passes. And he can get up sometimes, throw some dunks down. He's not he's not uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins, what he did to Luka Doncic in the playoffs, but at the same time, still an exciting player. Um, he's a franchise. Protect him at all costs. <laughs> and LaMelo Ball, man. I can see him being an all-NBA point guard in this league. But, like I said in my previous podcast, in the NBA rank, he's not better than Darius Garland yet. Like, let's, let's pump the brakes. Darius Garland is all-star as well. He's a bona fide scorer in this league playmaker. I love LaMelo Ball. Not yet. Maybe next year, maybe even this year, he shows me something new. Brings up the averages, whatnot. Showed me better defense. If he shows me defense, I... I he can be better than Darius Garland on my list. But until then, pump the bricks. Next, we have Gordon Hayward, the veteran, the elder statesman on this team. Coming off the bench as that sixth man, a steady presence. You know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get good passing. You're going to get mid-range, mid-post scoring. Fast break opportunities. He's going to be able to facilitate. <clears throat> um, all of the above. Gordon Hayward is just a consummate pro. Austin veteran, he's going to be the elder statesman on his team for the next two years, it seems like, and he's cool with it. He's getting paid. Everybody wants to get paid. He's getting that money, getting the bag, and he is okay with that, and 
the Hornets organization is okay with that too. Finally, you have Jalen McDaniels. Like I mentioned before, he's a guy that I think he has a lot of potential to be a 3 and D guy, a 6-9, a small forward. Definitely has the length. He has to get stronger. He's weighing in about 205 pounds right now. He's got to get stronger, get bigger, work on the three-point shot. But definitely he has the, the measurables to be a guy that you, you dread as a star player when you see him on the roster that you're about to face. Think of a guy like a Andre Karolinko, for example, a guy that could score. He was strong. He would make you, he would make you dread playing those Jazz teams for all those years. And I think Jalen McDaniels has the potential to be a stopper the way that some of these guys are. When you look at Andre Karolinko, um, I don't want to say Kawhi Leonard. That's an all-time great, but you know those guys that are long and athletic and has the intensity. That's the biggest thing, having the intensity on the defensive end. Projected starting lineup look like Lamelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre, P.J. Washington, Mason Plumley. I do not want to go over the Miles Bridges situation. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into the the legalities and whatnot when you look at that roster or look at the situation in terms of Miles Bridges and whatnot. I've heard reports that he's still been playing with the team, um, at least in the off season. I haven't caught a preseason game yet. I'm not sure if he's playing or if the investigation or legal stuff has gone down. But he definitely will be missed on this roster, even if he comes back to the NBA. Um, it, it'll be tough for him to get the contract, I think, just because of what transpired. He averaged 20.7 rebounds, 4 assists, almost a block and a steal per game. And he was trending in all-star territory. He's only 23 last season. He was healthy, too, played 80 games, 49% from the field, 33% from three. You could get that up a little bit. But more of the story, he was trending in all-star territory. And LaMelo Ball, he needs an all-star, maybe even two, to get out the basement in the Eastern Conference. I'll get into where I have them slated in a second. But, yeah, that's an unfortunate situation for both parties. Obviously, Miles Bridges not being on the team, being on the roster, and just the situation that he's being in, being put in, he put himself in. Let's be, be very clear with that. But for the Hornets, they're losing a top scorer on their team. LaMelo Ball is going to have to shoulder more of that load, as well as Terry Rozier and whoever else is going to step up to the plate. But losing a 20-point-per-game score, they're losing a potential all-star. And a running mate for LaMelo Ball, that they could have had two all-stars in Charlotte. Are you serious? Charlotte would have absolutely loved that to see two Hornets being represented in the All-Star game. But, alas, things happen. Unfortunate circumstances may occur. You know, we can't really control that. So, the Hornets going to have to go end the season without him. And Sandy's prediction points to bet NBC's official sports betting partner has the Charlotte Hornets at 36.5 wins this season. Now, they won 43 last year, and it was pretty tough. Um, it was pretty tough for me to decide, okay, are they going to be that low, below like what they did last year with LaMelo Ball's improved game? probably going to improve even more. But then I took a look at the standings and the, the teams that are going to be playing in the Eastern Conference. Philadelphia, Toronto, 
Boston, Atlanta, Chicago, Cleveland, Miami, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. How many teams are there? Like nine teams, I think I just listed. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine teams that are definitely going to be better than them, without a doubt. Again, teams like the Knicks and the Wizards, Magic, Detroit, Indiana, who are in that, okay, maybe in the playing game situation, just teetering on the playing game, or they're in the lottery for sure as a 10 or lower seed. And, like, I don't know because it's going to be such a gauntlet, especially with um, those nine first teams that I mentioned who are all looking for a playoff seed, trying to make it into the playoffs. Cleveland got very much way better than last year by getting um, Donovan Mitchell and just getting a year under their belt to continue um, getting that chemistry together. Chicago as well. Granted, they don't have Lonzo and Ball, but I still think they'll be solid. Atlanta with DeJounte Murray. Obviously, Boston just coming off the finals appearance. Philadelphia, they're looking much improved, much deeper than past years. Brooklyn, same thing, much deeper. They have Ben Simmons now. Milwaukee is always going to be a threat. They have the best player in the world, Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's tough. Um, I'm going to go over. For Charlotte, all over, but slightly over, maybe like 37, 38. At most, 39 wins. I don't think they crack 40 wins, especially not having Miles Bridges. That's going to hurt them. Um, I, I have faith in LaMelo Ball. I think he's going to have another all-star year. Um, might even put up all put up all NBA caliber numbers just because he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to be asked to do a lot on the offensive end. But his team won't win enough to really warrant such an on-base slash unless he's just doing incredible things that puts him in the MVP conversation, which wouldn't be out of the question. We've seen John Morant um, coming into the league. Um, he, he he grew. He grew his game, his improved all that stuff. Being the most improved player led his team. Uh, of course, very different situation, very different players, but the young players taking that next leap year three, that's not that's not something that is unheard of. I think that if anybody could do it, LaMelo Ball certainly can take that next leap and potentially enter the realm of superstardom, um, at least in the eyes of most fans. I have pretty stringent requirements for superstardom, but, you know, definitely a star. Definitely a star. I think I need to see more on the defensive end. Offensively, he's great. He could put up numbers, but we got to see him win. We got to see him win. But superstar potential, no doubt about it. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. Just want to say, make sure you guys rate the podcast five stars so we can move up the algorithm where people can find it and tune in. NBA season is almost here. Preseason time. NBA season is right around the corner, so... I'm going to be churning out content weekly, if not multiple times a week. There's going to be so much going on. The, the league is exciting. So much young potential, young talent in the NBA, veterans coming back. Just saw Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, Jamal Murray come back in the preseason. I might make an episode about the preseason so far, just talking about my thoughts and some of the disappointments that I've seen, some of the exciting things. Of course, it's preseason, so we take it all with a grain of salt, but... 
man, I'm ready for the NBA season. Super excited. This year is going to be a battle, especially in the Eastern Conference. Every night is going to be a matchup worth watching. I will be getting League Pass this year. That's for sure. I haven't gotten League Pass ever. This year will be the year I'm getting League Pass. I'm going to have a lot of basketball on. I love NFL football. love some college football. Syracuse Orange 5-0, by the way. NC State coming up next. Number 22, Syracuse. Number 14, NC State. That's going to be awesome. But <sighs> League Pass is going to take priority. But, again, share with friends, family, Subscribe. Next next episode in the series, we'll be talking about the Chicago Bulls, the Lonzo Ballless, Ballless. That was not hmm. without Lonzo Ball on the court. We're gonna see what they can really do. Um, they have they have talent. They have Demar Derozan as the best player on the team. Zach Levine there as well. What can they do? Will they be in the same area as the Charlotte Hornets when it's all said and done, or will they be better? That's all I got for today, guys. Have a great one and take care.